Let's go! Who's up next? What's up, Kooplings? Welcome to the Xbox Empire PSVG's weekly power hour of Game Pass goodness. I'm joined this week with my Xbox brethren, Sean Capri. What's going on, over. My dude? I am taking over. It is complete. I am here. Kevin, you're cast aside. You're never coming back. I am, I've been pretty subtle about this takeover for a little while now, Donnie. You and I have been sort of like joking about it. The joke is over. I am now a full-on member of PSVG, and uh, Donnie and I are the official hosts. This is the show the Xbox that Empire. Xbox fans need. I very much enjoy Kevin's devil, devil's advocate, but I feel bad. <laughs> Because if you, because if you're an actual Xbox fan, I could see them just being like PSVG. There's just nobody over here that loves Xbox. Come on, man! Come on, Kevin. He's coming up with like these really doing some backwards gymnastics to come up with an argument against to play devil's advocate, which I do appreciate. <laughs> and I I have because I listen to a lot of podcasts when I uh, when I mow the lawn or do do chores, yep. flux deposed and and PSVG. Like I think I just that's I, I happen to be listening to you guys all the time. Anyways, but I was mowing the lawn, listening for I think it was just last week, and I was like. I am uncomfortable with this point of view and I just, <laughs> maybe that's good. Like maybe I should be listening to, the, to, to things to maybe like keep my own fandom in check, but I'm, and yeah, I love Kevin and I just, I wish he was here, but I'm glad that he's not because yeah. uh, it gives me an opportunity to, to podcast with you. I don't think you would ask me if you had, if you had Kevin for this week and the Xbox drive two weeks in a row taken over. So I just, I love podcasting with you, man. So I'm glad we can make it work out. Yeah. So listeners, Kevin will be back. Kevin uh, is having birthday party and family plans. So uh, I did reach out to Coach Mo. He couldn't make the time work. And I was like, well, we just had Josh on. Third string. So I'll go reach out to, to Sean. No, I was just, yeah. I, I always feel like uh, we reach out to you all the time. I feel like when we have guest opportunities. Yeah. You've been on a bunch of shows. So I was like, I was like, let me see if I can find somebody not Sean. And I was like, no, I, I need Sean now. No, anytime, man. Honestly, anytime. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, before we get into it, and I do have a, a nice little setup of notes here. Before I get into it, let me thank those that produce the show over at patreon.com slash PSVG. So thank you, Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh, the Bonesaw Borboni, Chris McElfresh, Devin Tiles, Kyle Heyman, Paul Calico, Michael Masick, the Egg Shen himself, Zach Bradshaw, and Nick Fallhaber. Without you, the show is not possible. Sean, let's get into some Xbox news and let's start here. The Xbox Game Showcase is official July 23rd at 9 a.m. For those out there in nowhere land, noon for the rest of the world, <laughs> actually noon. Summer Game Fest pre-show will be live with Jeff Keighley an hour before. Jeff Grubb writes, don't expect Xbox to show everything. It's going to hold back some things what? for later this year like Sony did. So, Sean, I got a lot of things. One, we know the date and time. Get excited. Yeah. Two, what are you expecting, hoping to see? Three, the last time we talked, which I feel like was like two months ago, we were talking about this this Cold War punch, mm-hmm. counter punch thing that Sony and Xbox is doing. It looks like it's going to keep continuing. <laughs> yeah. like this, we're not going to know at it. the end of this month. I don't want it. I feel like, I'm, and I have no reason to really feel this way, but I feel like Xbox has the winning hand on all fronts. And there's a number wow. of things that have happened over the last little while that, that lead even more into 
Game Pass being as valuable as it is with games potential. I don't know if we're going to talk about this separately, but games being more expensive, Game Pass is going to be a big deal. We are going to talk a lot about that. Uh, I I want them to just come out, just come out with it. You know, like I, I don't know like what has changed this generation versus previous where um, they needed to come out. Like, why don't they need to come out this early? Why, like, why? What is allowing them to just like wait and wait and wait? And who's getting off on this is really the question. Like, who's really like this tantric method? of of releasing the information it's a good, it's a good word just bring yourself like bringing up their eyes a little bit just like a little bit of touchy touchy just a little edging like, a, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I never thought of it this way but now every time you get a little bit of like um just a little tickle i got gotcha. these guys it's yeah it's too much i want every i want i want i mean i'm gonna be a little bit of a like what i want but what they should do i have no idea but i want price i want them to be bold i want like the launch lineup like i want this to be their full shot yeah I'm you know, with you. I, I, I feel like I'm actually with you and I'm not saying that just to go along with you. I mean, that is my case. And I say it from this point. Sony doesn't have to do that. Xbox does. Yeah. They don't have the games. They just don't. Yeah. And if you, I mean, you said you listened to the shows with Kevin, you've probably heard me say it. I don't think there's anything Xbox can do to win over anybody like Kevin or more already ingrained in the PlayStation's ecosystem than Kevin. So what's the point? What's the point in holding out? Like there is no point. First party front. The no, game pass no- is the key. Yes. Game pass is the key, and, and I've been loud about this. This thing, people are calling me stupid at, at first, but some people are starting to come around. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. There's a rumor about that. Game pass would would do it, and that would also open the floodgates to. I still don't anything think so. Would be possible. I really point. don't think so. It's. So, I mean, so I, I guess get it. it's totally. It's very unlikely. So I guess the point is. Right, let me rephrase. I don't think that's going to stop anybody that wants to buy a PlayStation 5 from buying a PlayStation 5. Does it give somebody maybe more incentive or at least thinking about playing buying an Xbox? Sure, I'll give you that. But I just don't think, I honestly, and I don't mean to sound defeated, I'm not, I'm very excited. I honestly mm-hmm. just don't think there's anything they can do in a year's time from now <laughs> to the next, you know, this time next year. I don't think there's anything they can do to stop anybody from buying a playstation 5 if they already have one and that's what they want they just well, the don't other, they don't have the, the games other, the, other, the other piece about it that there being the cold war piece about it is like number one we don't know what the games are going to be there on day one but we also don't know about price so i do that's think it. that there's a there's a tremendous value proposition that can that can happen and there's a lot of sort of like um pr work that can happen as well in terms of what microsoft is trying to do to like sh- almost strong arm Mm-hmm. publishers into this free upgrade kind of system that that they're really going towards and making sure that obviously they have their own purview and their own portfolio of first party stuff where they can just go yeah smart delivery no problem but they're really having to work overtime to try and get other publishers to to get on board with that as well yep and i you know as as quickly as things went turned downhill going from 360 to the one with all the anti-consumer stuff it just goes to show how much extra hard you have to work to go back uphill. Yeah. Because it was almost like there's so many other things that Sony and Nintendo does that I think are anti-consumer as well, but that we kind of give them the like the benefit yeah. of the doubt. We just live but with it because they make great games. They make great games. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's so all think, it comes down to. You just live I with just it because because you want to play The Last of Us. You want to play mm-hmm. God of War. So you just do it. So I, I think if they come in $50, $50 less and they throw a strong offering on day one, and I think there's going to be I mean, at the end. The other end of it is like, who cares about how many consoles they sell? They're yes. about to do Halo Three on PC, and we're going to see Master Chief Collection like launch up to the top of the charts on Steam. And so it's like, does it does that even really matter? Like, are they just laughing at the whole notion of like how many consoles you sell? I definitely don't think they are. I think I do, th- and I told you this 
two months ago now, three months ago now. I don't think they're going to announce a price until Sony does. And I think that's what mm. we're seeing here. Do you think we're going to price July 23rd? Because I don't. Well, now when you say it like that, I don't, but I, I think we're gonna, want it. <laughs> I think we could get a date, but I don't think yeah. we've got a price. But it depends on the whole like Lockhart situation thing as well. Like if if they are planning on revealing that at another date, in I do August? think that that price. Well, do you think that they are not able to price that out until they finalize the price on the Series X? Yeah, I, I've said it. I've said it. I think almost every show we've done since we've rebooted with the new feed. Mm-hmm. I don't see a whole lot of. I don't see anything to gain by announcing the price for one and not the other. I think you need to price them both at the same time because the whole yeah. Lockhart's point is the cheaper value. And it would make no sense to me, I guess, to be like, here's Xbox Series X and it costs $500 and yeah. then wait a month and be like, well, here's Series S and it costs $300. Like, why? Why would there, What's the gain well, from mean, that? Was it you who was bringing it up on the show talking about like that these are expensive like pieces of gear that we're going to have to kind of like plan for? Like that they're not, they're not impulse buys? Yes, yes. They're not impulse purchases. Now, the Series S, if it, you know, based on rumors and stuff, it gets close, right? Like yeah. they're talking, they could be, I've seen it reported as low as 250 I read yeah, that man. as 299 <laughs> I don't Same. think, yeah, I don't think 250 but 250 is the magical number. 250 and mm-hmm. lower. Now you're in impulse purchase territory for some. I was corrected many times in our Discord that 250 is not an impulse purchase for many. I think right. 250 is the video game adopted industry price for impulse purchase. That's the Wii. That's the 3DS. Like that's where you start getting into people buying multiple consoles and themes and stuff like that. You can't do that at five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that might be the strategy that they're aware of as well, that most people are going to be buying like repeat into the PlayStation brand. A lot of people are already into into Nintendo and they're like, well, how do we get into how do we get into those households? And it's like, it's probably not with the Series X. It's for that. So that system is for those people so that they can have access to Game Pass because they're hearing all about it. But they don't want to drop five hundred dollars on a brand new Series X system. So it's like a it's a second system for you and I who will have a series X if we want to have something somewhere else in the house, but can't double down on that first price. And for the other people who are, who like to have all the systems, it's a totally like digestible price. It's not necessarily like impulse, as you mentioned, yeah. but I do think that it's palatable. It's much easier Maybe. than 500. Now mm-hmm. I expect the showcase to be exactly what it's titled. A game showcase game. focused on games. That's why I think we might get a date. They might be like, you can play halo, you know, infinite November 25th or whatever, you know, and that might be the date that we take for the, yeah. for the console. Even if we don't know, I think they could do something like that. I expect we'll see halo. I expect we'll see fable. I expect we'll see Forza and Everwild and Hellblade and probably whatever the, uh, the initiative is doing. I want to see. I don't think we'll see initiative. Um, and I agree with you. Well, on all I, the, I do all the first party front. Oh, and I'm sorry. Uh, and I, Obsidian. We'll definitely see Obsidian. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know Ryan was talking about this when he was on the show, but he's really anticipating that WB will be an announcement. The WB Games purchase of those studios would be would be ridiculous. I'm seeing all these like dream tweets of like imagine a Sub Zero versus Glacius. All right. Kind of a fight. Let me go ahead. I had this. I wanted to talk to you about this. So let's go ahead and get this out of the way. News story. Right. According to the information, Microsoft has shown interest along yeah. with Activision, 2K, and somebody else in acquiring the WB game division as has been reported for sale for the past month. This is the first time Microsoft has actually been thrown out in any sort of trade market rumors. Uh, it's clear to point out that this would not include the IP 
that the studios are known for. So just because you yeah. might get Rocksteady doesn't mean you get Batman. You'd have to license it. And then we've had a lot to say on Discord about this. So, Sean, let me just tell you this. I'm a little scared of this news and rumor because a month ago when this news came out, our Discord lit up with Xbox, Xbox, Xbox. And I know why. Right. Because people want like a true contender to PlayStation and they look at those studios and they think, man, if Xbox had exclusive Batman, it would be Sony's rival. Well, one, it's not going to have the IP. Like they're not going to give up the gaming IP property rights to Batman in this deal, just the studios. Mm -hmm. Now, there's also been people saying, well, it doesn't get Batman, so it's completely worthless. There's a lot, (laughs) there's a lot here to this that I have to say, and I, I will start with the licensing thing. I would be hard pressed to believe that you would buy something from from WB AT and T for over two billion dollars. This apparently AT and T is looking for four billion, and mm-hmm. uh, Kyle had mentioned in our Discord apparently uh, so far offers are in the two ish range. All right, yeah. so let's just let's cut the difference and say three. I can't sure. imagine that you're spending three billion dollars for folks like Traveler's Tales and Rocksteady. And you don't have some sort of deal to include a license game or three or first writer refusal or something. There's got to be something in there, right? Like yeah. I would, because and then the opposite side of this, I don't, I can't imagine that AT and T, Warner Brothers. I don't. I, I'm putting them together because I'm not exactly yeah. sure where Who's one starts and begins the other, right? Yeah. I can't imagine that they would then want to relicense games like the Lego games to anybody else. Right. You already have a studio that knows how to do this. Like, why would you give Batman to somebody else? Like, I mean, unless it was really good, but I mean, but why would you when you yeah. already have a sure thing? Well, especially if it's part of the deal, then it's just like, yes. you get to sell the thing and then have like a constant yes. feed of money back so as well. So I would imagine if you were buying it, that you would have some sort of deal either for a number of games or a maybe a like 10 years or something like a EA subsidized would. license or something like that. I would imagine that that would come with it or mm-hmm. like a first right of refusal. Like, Hey, we yeah. want to make a Batman game. Rocksteady. Do you want it? No. Then we'll give it to somebody else. But they always I mean, get at the, the same f- time, yeah. like if you're going to throw $3 billion down for studios, then like, what would it cost for you to go like, you know what? Batman is Xbox exclusive. Like it's the dark Knight. It's a black box. Like it totally fits. That thing would look amazing. I think box. like, I love it. That's I, don't, I feel like let's, I mean, it doesn't really matter at all, but you know, <laughs> while we're just playing around with well, it. Well, cause I have serious thoughts about that too, because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like, I'm why little, is that impossible? So I'm okay. I'm going to be your detractor here because I, I want, Oh, I was concerned when this first rumor came, I was like, Oh boy, everybody's going to think Xbox. And when it's not Xbox, everybody's gonna be upset and they're gonna be angry. Yeah. And, the reason that I say that is if you were to spend $4 billion on Rocksteady and Batman and Lego and Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, you're then devaluing them if you make them exclusive. They're now less valuable than what you just purchased them for. Yeah. Well, this is my whole thing with Cyberpunk is that maybe they want it, maybe they get out of the exclusive game when it comes to certain things like uh, Minecraft Dungeons was not exclusive. And the way that they can they can balance that is like Freon. It's like it's a first party studio. So it would be day and day with with Game Pass, but you could play it somewhere else. But why the hell would you do that? So it could be that could be something that really adds to the value of Game Pass, where maybe they would be. You might be right that they may be still incentivized to release a, a Batman game on or whatever it is, Suicide Squad or whatever, yeah. across all the different consoles. But 
still have like that extra edge in Xbox land that you I would want be expecting something like that. Like if this, okay. if this were to come true, like maybe some sort of timed exclusivity, definitely Game Pass, but eventually releasing somewhere else because it really wouldn't make sense. It doesn't or make sense is not the right word. I'm trying to make sure I, I, I word this carefully. It doesn't make as much sense for Microsoft to spend that much money on something like that as it does for Activision or EA. Because they were going to put the game everywhere. That's mm. the other part of this. Yeah. Why would would Xbox get into a a a you know a negotiate like a bidding war, war mm-hmm. for games that are already on their platform? Yeah. And you're bidding against people that aren't going to take them off your platform. It's not like they're bidding against Sony. It has to tie into it has to tie into Game Pass then, because that's the primary that's a driver lot. to all this. Stuff. I mean, and look, Microsoft's got it. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just that's an all that's in. That's a chips in the middle of the table. You know, that's a big, big swing. To me, those are the studios that you want to do it for. Like, and I've, I've talked to Ryan about this on the Xbox Drive as well. Like, I'm, and I think you and I are similar on this too. It's like compulsion. It's like, I mean, cool. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple in there that they yeah. they like double fine. Yep. Very quirky, but um, yep. Ryan and I think talk not Rocksteady, not Monolith, right? not even close, no. not even close. Nope. And not Mortal Kombat, which by the way is not even like like maybe it'll make a comeback one. Like one one of these days, still very it's like big, as good as it's ever been. It's bigger. Could than be it's better ever been. with Xbox branding combined with Killer Put Instinct. Master Chief in there, some Killer Instinct folks. So Mortal Kombat would be one of the IPs that they would just downright own because that that right. belongs to NetherRealm. So they would just own it. You make that exclusive. And here's the thing. Ultimately, the thing that I've uh, been most perplexed by this entire rumor. I'm so shocked and stunned that nobody would piecemeal these out. Why would you right. sell the entire division in one bundle? Is it? Are you afraid that you can't get rid of, like, you might be left with one or two? Yeah, yeah. you can't get rid of TT or something like that. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know what their value is without the Lego license. Like, if they don't have the Lego that's license, exactly why they're bundling it. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason that I can come up with it. Because, like, if you were to tell me Xbox is going to buy Rocksteady and launch a new IP, yeah, that makes sense. Or yeah, they they're going to buy Mortal Kombat and NetherRealm, and they're just going to make Mortal Kombat. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. monolith even though they are a great studio like without their licenses and stuff like that like it starts to make less sense and look man i mean they're just playing games with billions of dollars over there on on tape on tables and whatnot i just i'm trying to think about it i'm trying to be responsible in getting hype for this like i can just imagine that somebody like e- like ea has got to look at that and be like we'll make way more money than xbox if we buy it because they're going to put it everywhere and they're you know they're just going to do what they do versus get into the whole exclusivity thing and I, I guess so. I think that this just lifts the the overall like earnings potential of Xbox as a brand more than just like it has to be more than just like the games that are sold. So I think it it's a different ROI for each company. Where yeah. for EA or Activision, it's, it is just the game sold. But for but for Xbox, it's like it raises the value of the entire offering of Xbox itself. So you're it selling really more does. Xboxes. And it's you have a lot more faith in their long term potential with studios like that in their wheelhouse. I also don't think like, I don't know about you and I know that EA and Activision and Take-Two are like, they're the biggest ones, but I don't feel like particularly EA and Activision for whatever reason, they don't strike me as like the chips all in, like they seem way more frugal where EA is making like kind of investments in like these small studios. When I think Activision, I actually think Blizzard. I think of the opposite end of the, (laughs) you know, and Blizzard, I definitely could see them being like, wait a minute. Well, that was probably one of the bets that they made that turned out so well for them to go and acquire, or I guess partner or whatever that, that merger ended up being. But that was one of the big things. But 
I don't, for whatever reason, I don't see them dropping that kind of cash. Like when they're laying off 800,000 people or whatever it was, right? I can't remember if it was 800 people or whatever. I'm still scared to see the Tencent news come up. Yeah. I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. <laughs> like, I'm just and waiting that, for that something. Might be, that might be an incentive for them to do it. It's just like to keep some from somebody else from, from, from mm-hmm. buying them out from under them. Yeah. Dude, it would be okay. So it would be incredibly exciting, um, mm-hmm. you know, to have a studio like that. I, I am not outnumbered, but definitely I think I'm on the lesser end, at least in our Discord chats. Whereas I look at a studio like Monolith and Rocksteady and with or without the IP, extremely valuable. Yeah. Extremely Same. valuable. You're talking about a studio yep. that has proven chops. They've proved that they can make great games. And you can say it because of the IP doesn't change the fact that it was a great game. There have been mm-hmm. games with IPs that were bad games. <laughs> like yep. they are a good studio. You could just have them launch new IP. I have way more faith for them to launch a new IP than some studio we've never heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I would take them even without the IP. If they were like Rocksteady is never making a Batman game again, I'd be like, okay. Is it a PSVG podcast if somebody doesn't type on their keyboard? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, who, and you may have already mentioned this, right? It is Monolith who did um, yeah, um, Lord of the Rings stuff. Or Shadow of War. Yep. So it's like, these guys between that and rocksteady they they basically like perfected some of the two of the the biggest systems that we see in games right now like number one the nemesis system that we thought was going to propagate across all games and just the way that we think about superhero games period big open world action innovative and it's not that i'm looking for them to just replicate the nemesis system across new games but like they have that capability that they have that ingenuity already without like the backing and i know that i'm just like feeding into the hype here it's probably It's it's okay irresponsible I but mean, they gotta be the front runners. It I seems love like the hype. No or what? And I'm, I'm just trying to, again, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to quell myself because it just seems like it's too much to ask for. You know, it's like everybody, Possibly. like this entire generation, everybody's been like, Xbox doesn't have the first party content. For them to start mm-hmm. a new generation, be like, boys, <laughs> we're about to have it. It's if, like, it's if, like a dream scenario. I can't imagine it actually happening. What if Phil just went to Satya Nadella and went like, all right, thank you so much for that blank check. I bought all the studios that I wanted. We're good. We're ready to launch the next gen, like perfect. And then the next day it's like, WB's for sale. Like, what do you mean they're for sale? I just told my boss that I'm like, I'm done. And he's probably not going to look at this for another three months, like till next quarter or whatever it is. Like, I don't know what kind of free reign he has, but I wonder. it'll be interesting to see where they go because they're going to go somewhere. Do we think Microsoft's like all in on this? Because this is a different Microsoft, right? It's not like Balmer and Gates and stuff. Because I feel like, especially Balmer, I don't know much about industry and Gates and stuff like that. But from the, what I know about Balmer and his like the things he's done and his leadership style and like what he did with the NBA and how he like jumped in, I could absolutely see him be like, yeah, buy him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he's just kind yeah. of flipping mm-hmm. like that with billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. You know, our new executives if they're that same way. Yeah, I, I I do get the sense that there's something else to the acquisitions that Phil Spencer has done over the last little while. Like it's more than just having like a stable of games and the IPs that are coming along with that. I feel like there's something, I don't know if it's like knowledge sharing or there's got to be something, some value add to having them all under the same sort of like brand of Xbox game studios that there has to be more than just games sold. Yeah. From these, from these studios, like there has to be some sort of like multiplier when you're making that sort of investment. It has to be more than just you buy them. Now you have the rights to sell it. And that's the, that's the, the type of thing that you saw with Minecraft dungeons. Like you, or I'm sorry, which is Minecraft, the IP. Yeah. You, you take this thing, which everybody thought like, okay, it's this, everybody knows what Minecraft is, 
but Minecraft is more lucrative now than it's ever been. Yep. And that's the kind of thing. It's other things. It's that, toys, it's t-shirts, it's, it's yeah, it's all of it. Which, of course, goes back to IP and maybe it's separate from developers. But I'm just trying to talk about like when you spend billions of dollars, you're you're looking to multiply that. You're not just looking to go like, now those earnings are mine. The best case to make for it, honestly, and this is, I mean, this is very important, is that right now we are seeing the new arms race isn't about you know, cell processors and Blu-rays and CPUs. It's about content and it's a content creation type of arms race. And as we move further and further into digital, into streaming, and eventually there will be a day where everything is in the cloud. It will be people that have valuable content and IP that survive, Mm -hmm. not people that just have, you know, bloated, you know, dev studios and things like that. It will be people that have content that people are willing to pay for. I know Mm -hmm. that Nintendo has that. I know that that PlayStation has it. I think Xbox has it, but I don't think they have as much of it as the other two do. So if no. you're trying to make the best case for them, like this is kind of what they need. They really need to start driving some more content because Xbox has great content. But when I think mm-hmm. about it, it's Gears and Halo, and you know a lot has been said about how people feel about that content already. It's not it's not nearly the same kind of stable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you did mention, I, I put this in here, and I put it in here just for you, to be honest with you. But Halo 3 finally arrives to the Master Chief Collection on PC July 14th. Yes. Are you excited, Sean? Of course, yes. I love the way these things look and play on PC. Um, you and I played Reach yeah. throughout the throughout the whole campaign Might together. Be the and only, um, it's the only Halo game I'd recommend to others. Yeah. Being well, honest. Have you played, just, when was the last time you played 3? I played 1 and 2 when, the, when I got the Master Chief Collection via Game Pass, like... I don't know, two years. I don't know. Time right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I waited a little bit because I wasn't really digging two. So I started playing three. You were I, two? No way. I stopped playing three. I don't know, six or seven chapters in. Sure. And then I played Reach, had mm-hmm. a fun time with Reach. Reach is one that I'm like, oh, I like this game. Mm-hmm. And then I tried playing ODST and I was like, no, nah, I'm not liking this one as much this, as, the, as Reach. So, you know, <laughs> Reach is pretty tough to, I think, top. Honestly, like the stakes are the ultimate stakes in Reach in terms of like the story and, and it's the, the one and what going story that grabbed me. That's the thing that's mm-hmm. missing with me and the other ones. It's the story. See, and I, that's like, why I was surprised just... about two. Like three is is epic in terms of its battle and its scale and everything, but like two is super interesting. The way that it kind of goes back and forth and like I mean I don't want to ruin another game, but it no, kind of gives no, you it's fun both sides. No, yeah. I don't want to spoil another game that other people are playing. And so. I tried playing well, it's, it's so funny, the long joke that I've had with Xbox Land and PSVG is that every time I beat one and I tell people I don't like it, Nathan's response is to play another one. You know, he's like, you gotta do the first one. And I do the first yeah. one. I'm like, I didn't like it. He's like, well, you gotta I do the second. The, one, I, the second I one's know, better. I, mm-hmm. I think the first, the second one is better. And I think, like, I, I'll go as far to say it, it's probably not gonna rub people very well. I don't think the level design is all that good in one or two, honestly. Like, I think that they got better at the level design. And that's where I think that actually 343 is better in, in some cases, especially in 4. I think 4 is an excellent, excellent game. Or just four, getting I closer done. and closer to that. I did I think 5. I didn't like 5 at all. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I was about I 4 it. chapters into 5, and I was like, no, I'm not going to keep doing this. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, and even with 5, they like they took some Marissa on things like like you could sprint, you could like zoom, like aim down sight yeah, and kind of things like that. Like that. Those were things that you weren't supposed to have in Halo games, and they really broke some of that stuff in 5. So we'll see what they do with the Infinite. So but. I put this here only just because I knew oh, you were yeah. coming in. Like, I, I no, do want to say play. is I'm getting, I'm getting less... I, I've 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 reached the end of how much I want to hype. Like they've gotten all the hype they can get out of the Master Chief Collection from me. 
It's like guys, Damn. we get it. Oh, we should play together, man. But it's That's but it's like it's it. and I, that might be it, right? Because mm-hmm. the other ones that I played, I played solo, and we played Reach mostly together, mostly yep. the entire campaign. And yeah, you got the best of the best experience on Reach. Like and I think that's it. Like and, when I talk to people that love Halo, they love Halo not because of Halo. What's the first thing they all say? Back when I we had consoles hooked together, they automatically go to where they were and who they were playing with. They never even mm-hmm. really talk about the story. Whereas yeah. I am playing it solely focused on the story. And I'm like, the that's story the is not that good. But that's what people talk about. They're like, oh, there's lore in the UNSC no. and all these things. And I'm just like, I don't, I wasn't following any of that yeah, back no, in the day. It's not that great. I'm hoping, even though for, it's really, sh- I'm, I'm really hoping Infinite kind of soft reboots this a bit. I need to get kind of back in the ground level in, in into, you know, into, into Halo without a- all the extra stuff. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you think it's going to be like a, a tra- we're going to find out pretty soon, but like, is it going to be a traditional campaign chapter by chapter? Like, Running down corridors, that no sort of idea. thing. Kevin says no. Kevin's all going battle royale Destiny. service game. Yeah, that's where Kevin. Yeah, I've just heard battle royale just like popped up out of nowhere. Talk people talking about infinite. It's just like where did that? Kevin has a really good from? point. Kevin's Kevin. I really liked what he was talking about. It's not necessarily what he said because I think a lot of people have said battle royale and stuff like that. Like that's just where the the trend is going. But Kevin yeah. put it differently. He was like, these kids are already addicted to Apex and Fortnite, and this is what they do. He's like, you've got to get that generation of player invested in Halo. And I had never actually thought about that. I was like, no, that's that's spot on. Because uh, my son, like when we first got Xbox and the Master Chief Collection, he was digging Halo until he discovered mm-hmm. Fortnite and he's never touched a Halo since. Yeah. And and I, <laughs> I think that's way more important than my experience with Halo. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm probably too mm-hmm. far gone for Halo. But the, there's thousands of kids out here that are, you know, playing Call of Duty Warzone and all these other things. They really do kind of need to have something for that for that group of people. I, I think that was spot on analysis. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I hate to agree with Kevin, honestly. Yeah. I really, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you do as well. But I think he, I think you're right about that. And, and Call of Duty, I think, has proven now with its sort of second go at, at Battle Royale that there is value of some of these gigantic properties coming around to battle royale it's almost like like where some of them looking and going like well i'm like were they too good for it like they're these are these free-to-play games that are popping up everywhere and i think there was a moment in time where i think like like a game like call of duty had to figure out how to do it properly we saw games like um well, i guess it was more hero shooters i'm really thinking of like lawbreakers and there's a lot of free-to-play yeah, 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 just yeah. team-based kind of shooters that really seem to pop up but there, I feel like the window to get into Battle Royale is closing as um, I think Hyperscape just came out. Or is it tech that, There's a lot tech of options. Like, it is. And it's just like how much space do you have for and that? For how that hard is it to do that if you're limiting to a specific console and PC? I mean, I think there. that's the thing that is really in Xbox's favor is that you're going to play with all these generations on the same game. Halo Infinite is going to be on Xbox One, Series X. PC Lockhart or whatever. It's like you talk about the exclusivity being a diminishing factor. It's like, well, not if you think about the family of consoles and all the different yeah. places that you put on. It's like actually the, the still the just actually to me, you're just pointing out that there's a large user base that just doesn't have access potential user base that if you're comparing game to game Warzone versus let's just say Halo, you know, Battle mm-hmm. Royale, whatever. That's not on PlayStation. There's a huge amount of people that can't play it. Yeah. And that's a huge amount of people that will play Fortnite and will play PUBG. Like they have access to those other things. So I always mm-hmm. think it just kind of puts you a disservice from the get go. Now, maybe you don't need all of the devices, you know, if it's good, there's always that. Mm-hmm. And I do think the whole Halo Infinite tie in, if I would imagine, I would hope that maybe it starts to go the Destiny route where 
this is Halo Infinite. And every two or three or four years, we're going to add new content to Halo Infinite. And it's yeah. just going to keep getting better and better and better. I so mean, that, those are the two kind of like styles of games that we're really looking at when we talk about shooters is like the Destiny's got to kind of like keep going on forever. And then there's the, there's the Battle Royale. Yeah. Like, would it even be, is it too crazy to think where you have like a Battle Royale that is available on a PlayStation, if you can imagine, but the core game is like the, the Destiny game yep. is on Xbox. I don't know. Like that's crazy. probably, that's probably too far it, out there. It but. probably is, but if there was somebody to do it, it would be Phil. I mean, yeah, for sure. The but at the same time, like, yeah, it, it could be could be a little bit too far. Um, but any time that you have multiplayer baked into the conversation, that like exclusivity factor is going to come on in. Yep. Like no matter what, it's it's so far from a concern or much further from the concern if you're just talking about a single player experience, which is why Sony gets to thrive on that because their first party offerings are single player experiences. You can go cry yourself to sleep for three weeks after playing their games, and then people seem to like that sort of thing. Yeah. No, that's spot on. And uh, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see. We're going to see it, right? We're going to see. What do you want? What do you want? Like, okay, so those are the Battle Royale and Destiny thing. Like, but what do you, like, do you want Destiny in, I in want Halo? Both. I mean, so I, I'm <laughs> not into Destiny, right? Yeah. But I would like to be in, in a different way. My issue mm-hmm. with Destiny isn't the gameplay. It's really the organization of the game. I get yeah. all kinds of weirded out with the map and where to go and how to do it. And like, I'm dropped in the overworld, but then I got to go to another overworld, but there's people running around and you know, it's like, yeah. I'm always confused. I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing, where I'm going. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a more streamlined I destiny. I would be really excited to, I tried, to, I wanted it to be Anthem. Anthem was the one I was like, I'm going to be there day one. I'm yeah. going to play with everybody else. I'm going to learn all the things. And then Anthem was Anthem. Mm-hmm. I wish Anthem was an Anthem. And if Halo wants to go that way, I hope it does it for me. I tweeted this the other day. Halo Infinite is going to be the first Halo I'm there for on day one. I've yeah. never been there. And I've had Xboxes. Mm-hmm. I've had all of the Xboxes and I've never been there for Halo. This yeah. will be the first one where I have access to play it. I hope that it does something for me. I would love nothing more to be in on the Halo thing. I just never have mm-hmm. been. Um, I've never been like totally like I wouldn't like stay up o- overnight to like go for a midnight release of it or anything like that. Like I've never been, you know, cancel plans or anything, but I've been, I've really, really enjoyed Like I just want to be like fair and transparent with like my level of fandom. Sure. Like I've just, I've never had like a Master Chief cardboard cutout, you know, <laughs> sitting beside in my room or anything like that. I'm not quite there, but I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a great game. I think 343 has a great hold on it and I don't have like that. Maybe that's what allows me to enjoy five as much as I did, and that, that why I enjoy four as much as I did. Because I don't have like the emotional lock in with the original trilogy and the mm. add-on games as well that that a lot mm-hmm. of people have. So I'm like, I just like the feel of this shooter. I think it's great, and I think the, the weapons look and feel cool. It's really the music it's like is a, awesome. It's like a tale of two existences. I, I believe for games like Halo, and and I would say Gears. I would really say any studio that's literally devoted to making one game. I think the Destiny yeah. model makes sense for single-player content. Big time, yeah. Now, I think any multiplayer shooter right now, if you're not doing multi- if you're not doing some sort of battle royale, it doesn't have to be 100 people or anything like that. I'm not saying all that. If you're not doing battle royale-styled multiplayer in online first-person shooters, you're missing the boat. That's where all the mm-hmm. money is. That's what everybody's mm-hmm. doing. You can have firefight and big team battles and capture the flag and whatever else you want to call it. But can you charge for it? I think so. And I think, I think Xbox has that ability to do it with Game Pass because of Game Pass. They can. I think, I think Call of Duty is doing it like picture perfect. Like that for a franchise, they, kind of wants, both? Mm-hmm, they okay. want to sell you that $60 package at the front of the year. And then somewhere along the line, they're going to drop like they, that they did how they did Warzone was like, 
absolutely perfect. And I don't know that anybody else could have done it. Like Battlefield tried to really like insert a, a battle royale mode in afterwards, but it was it was never free apart from it. So it was like it really took some balls, I think, for Activision to go. This is how we're going to do it. That they're going to sell yeah. it this way, but it's free somewhere else. But Maybe then- they they do release the multiplayer as a free thing, but I think it's weird because you've got different apps and stuff like that. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't want one to detract from the other. That's the thing is, I think Warzone completely takes over, but this is a really safe way for them to probably get out of the single player thing that they did. Although Black Ops Four sold really, really well, even though it was no single player campaign, just multiplayer stuff. Um, they had Blackout in it as well. So who the hell knows, man? Nothing like there's only there's it's a it's actually a small sample size when we look at these things. There's only like a dozen or so games that really yep. people talk about. Yep. And it's still and there's a very only so many that can actually genre. exist. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But the other thing too is that with any of these multiplayer games, even beyond Battle Royale, there's always a moment where the community's gonna be pissed. And there's always <laughs> a moment where like that's something that you can almost count on. Like it's it's I'm being a little bit facetious, but at the same time, it's like you can count on a disenfranchised community of players and a giant game going like we're just looking for whatever the next thing is and if you could somehow like magically time like destiny screwing something up or call of duty screwing something up and everybody's like i just i don't like what they did with fortnite and they just exodus on mass and maybe halo's there to catch everybody so i don't know that's maybe i love that you don't want to count on it but it's gonna happen we'll find out in 20 days right Mm -hmm. 20-ish days 15 days however many days we'll find out and uh you have to think that this will be a giant portion of the show. We should get a full-on blast of Halo Infinite. Multiplayer, I mean, like, single-player. Yeah. They're doing the, the the week of demos or whatever, and, and Brian and I think that it's very possible that they drop a Halo demo. I think it's on, possible. On the 1X and the PC and everything. Like, you could I call play it, like, a little something-something. Like Wasteland and Forza, because I think they're easier bet, get, bets, but I definitely think they could drop a Halo demo. It could be well, a multiplayer my, thing, or it could be mm-hmm, like a one-level solo thing. Um, but it would make sense to do a little stress test during that event and kind of make a, an event out of it for sure. Part of the funny thing is that I had a multi-part multifaceted kind of prophecy where I'm like, okay, if they can get us hype, like if they can keep the hype train going with Halo Master Chief Collection on PC, then I think it does make sense to keep going with that. Like last week's episode of the Xbox ride was called Halo in July. And I'm like, cause I thought there was going to be a demo. Turns out there's going to be Halo three on PC. Like I think that there could be something to this yeah i have nothing but my gut but we got especially think about if they actually have uh, a battle royale mode exactly that's what i'm that's they could exactly do exactly what, what hyperscape just did and be like hey thing. halo battle royale play it on your xbox for mm-hmm. a week and everybody yep. streams it and everything and it's like you know play it on xbox series x in a couple and months. that's and it will it will it will get rid of it's probably not going to happen like this is these are things that i like really get loud about but i want to make sure that i'm clear that i think that it is unlikely that it will happen however if they were able to have a Halo Infinite multiplayer demo of some sort, it will shut up the people who say, well, the games that are on the last gen or the current gen, like the, the now gen, are going to be held back. They're not going to look very good. They're not going to play very good. But if they can prove that they play just fine, then this whole notion of like cross-gen stuff, mm, uh, it proves its point Like it, like before the next gen even comes out. So people who aren't ready to upgrade, as long like, as it's okay, good. well, that's fine. If yeah, it's good, then I'll play good. it here. And that's all they care about. Yep. Sean, I really want to ask you before we get off the 23rd thing. We expect Fable to be there. Yes. They have to show Fable, right? Not like a I think lo- that, I not think like a do. logo. Like I need to see what Fable is supposed to be. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You can and get away to. with like Joanna Dark logo. I need to see Fable. I think he needs to, I don't think you I don't think you can do any of that logo stuff. At at this point, I agree you need you. to really show You can have all, one. Like, any, if you're going to show something, if it's big, maybe. You can have one big yeah. thing at the end. 
maybe if that's what the initiative is doing, like yeah. if that's the, what they if that's how they want to do it, they they should just like do call it the Vince Ampella. Just have some dude in a chair and walk up to him and go like, "What are you working on?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're uh, re- rebooting Perfect Dark. No big deal. That'd be cool. And just that be that be what it is." But I'm with but you. The, we all want to see the games, not logos. Oh, big time. Like we've seen logos. Give us games. Sony did a couple of really, really powerful reveals where you didn't know what you were looking at until all of a sudden you're like, son of a bitch, that's Kratos. Like when we first saw God of War, like you didn't know that was God of War. That's true. Until you're like, oh, I'm recognizing like that pattern or whatever that is. Like that, that looks like, like, is that an axe? Like he doesn't hold an axe, but like that could be, oh snap, look at that. And there, you'd, you'd hate to see them kind of, I'm kind copy of copy that, that, but there is a, there is a powerful, I'm hoping that's Fable. Like, mm-hmm. I've been saying that the whole yeah, time. That's what I'm, that's everybody, what I'm at. I think a lot of Fable fans have in their head what Fable is, but I've been saying this right. whole time, like, Fable to me is almost, um, like, I love the old Fables, don't get me wrong. What Lionhead did, I actually liked. I liked the British humor and the fart jokes and things like that. I got it. So I, mm-hmm. I was cool with it. If they showed me something similar to that, I'd be as excited. But when I heard that Playground was doing Fable, my head immediately went to, it could be a whole new Fable. Like, I wonder what a whole new fable to somebody yeah. else is. And I'm expecting to see, like, five seconds of a trailer, you know, going through a forest or something where I don't recognize what it is. Like, is, is it fable? Mm-hmm. Like, I, exactly. am I going to have that feeling? Is this fable? Because that's kind of what mm-hmm. I expect. Mm-hmm. And it does this wonderful thing that goes, like, it will. It would excite somebody like you who has liked fable in the past. And for people who have no connection to it all, go like, well, this looks great. Something like, new. Like, this looks new and fresh yeah. instead of the next version of an old thing where like it always fables that, were like, never like good looking either. That, exactly. That's what I'm worried. That's what I would be worried about is if they just kind of continued, continued on with that, it wouldn't impress anybody who was, doesn't have that nostalgic connection to fable. Yeah. Now so it's perfect timing. My head immediately went there because of the playground connection. I don't think they make games that look bad. <laughs> where it's like yeah. fable three didn't look great, but I still enjoyed playing it. But at the time mm-hmm. I was like, this is not a great looking game. And even now, you know, it's a little rough. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, like I'm expecting, I've been saying it, I'm, I'm hoping in my head, I have this vision. I don't say it's what I'm hoping for because I'm open to anything, but in my head, I have this Sea of Thieves like style, gorgeous, beautiful, cartoonish styled world, mm, but mm-hmm. fable action adventure, you know, sword fighting RPG thing in my head. That's kind of where I'm going, but maybe yeah. it's like super realistic or something. I have no idea. Well, this, this is a studio that like arguably has made an incredible that they, they've done this great thing where like racing games don't inherently lend themselves to just i want to keep playing this racing game. did you hear it uh, i think kevin said something like um and I, I may be throwing this at kevin if this is wrong i apologize in advance i i think you said this but maybe it's somebody else i think kevin said something like can they make an rpg all they make is racing games and my head i didn't say it when he said it but in my head i was like Forza Horizon is an RPG. <laughs> it really is. Yes, you're absolutely right. It totally is. And that's kind of where we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. That they've that they do it without like a compelling protagonist. That they do it with like a car. It's a car. Like that your interaction is you're driving a car yeah. and I want to do all of the things. I want to do all the side quests within this like open world RPG kind of thing. And it's like, what could be less compelling than like you just get a shiny new car? But yet I'm searching all over the place for these garage these old garage things yeah, you gotta get new cars you gotta upgrade you gotta get new stuff I'm doing everything. faster stronger better the, the progression that they make you feel in a racing game is perfect like when they when the first rumors came out that they were going to be working on a game like fable it's like of course they are like they've mastered this there's nothing else that can be done 
in my mind in an open world racing game. So they're, they're perfect. And also it's in Playground in UK as well. So I don't think that you'd be losing a lot of that, the, maybe that British humor as well. I'm wondering but. how many of those folks might have come over or been brought back. I, I was going to say it takes just hire one of the writers. And yeah. You're, you're you kinda, don't need all of them. I, I always mm-hmm. thought um, I was sad to see Lionhead close only because I meant it was the end of Fable. But I never right. thought Lionhead was like a, a like what I would consider like a strong upper echelon developer. Maybe mm-hmm. that's wrong of me. But I don't think of them in the same rights that I think of like a Rocksteady or a Sucker Punch. They were never there. Uh, Playground's getting there for me. Like now I, I'm starting to prop Playground. I'm like, these are one of the best developers in the biz. Like, oh, they're really good. Big time. Totally undervalued. And I think because of the racing game thing, like no, like it has this niche. People who play it. They love it. But this generation, it, it, they've been Xbox's best studio. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. That would be my opinion if you asked. You're like Donnie. Out of all the games and developers that made those games for Xbox this generation, who was best? Playground. You didn't love Gears Five that much. I like. I think Coalition had a really strong. I like Gears Five. Don't get me wrong. I like Gears Five. It's good. It wasn't the story that I wanted. Um, Not like in the Last of Us Two way, but like (laughs) I kind of feel like Gears Five kind of spins it. It didn't progress a whole lot from Gears Four. Where I expected to go on a Gears Four like journey, and I like I didn't feel like we had that. Now there's personal mm. character progression, right? But in the arch of the story, has the story really moved far? I don't think mm-hmm. so. Whereas I, th- I think it sets up for a big closing chapter with six. I think we'll get a great end to the trilogy. But like yeah. when I think of Gears Four and all that you did in Gears Four in terms of right, you find Kate, you protect the village, you go to the thing, you go underground, you come back up top. You know, like there was a lot of going on. It really moved this whole thing to the end, and then the end had this big reveal, and it left you on this yeah. giant cliffhanger. How much did we really progress that the overstory, not Kate's story? So that's where you got to like differ. The overarching plot of the game. How much did we progress it? In Gears Five, not really much. I need to go, like, just I a need little to bit. Go back and play that. I was very distracted by the new set of characters and just going like, I don't care about any of these people. Ah. Like, it wasn't even just that they weren't Marcus Phoenix or anything. It was just like I didn't like like I liked the hulking, just giant ridiculousness that was Marcus <laughs> Phoenix and Dom. Like they all looked insane, and I liked that. And everybody was like almost like too skinny in in Gears Four. So I was really thrown back by that, and also. Um, even like characters like Oscar just didn't really do it for me. It almost mm. seemed clownish. I got you. I, so I feel like maybe now that I've had that like first go at it, cause I've never played it more than once. So maybe I could go back now that that's what that first hit is kind of over and done with. I could play it for the game that it is. I think, and it probably does deserve an it, additional go. It should be worth mentioning here that you are the gears multiplayer player that I have never, never been. You know how to roll with your Nasher and you do all the multiplayer, <laughs> and, right? I don't play that. So when I play gears, Sean, it's a it's an uncharted like experience for me. I'm sitting there, and when I hear mm-hmm. things and references to people in the past, I have a wiki up, and I'm looking it up, and I'm tying the connections. Like it's all about the lore. And yeah. Gears Five didn't progress the lore as much as Gears Four. Gears Five mm-hmm. totally progressed as a game. The open world sections and all the different stuff, and the, the different combat elements they brought in with the with the elements and, and all that, all that's fantastic. So don't get me yeah. wrong, I'm not down on Gears Five. I think Gears Five is a great game. I very much enjoyed it. But yeah. if you're asking me who's their best studio, Playground. Damn. I think they're better. I mean, it's hard. I think, I they're think right Forza the Horizon same. 3 and 4 are better than Gears 4 and 5. And that hurt. Yeah, I, 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 I it hurts I me like- to say it, but like, I'm a <laughs> yeah. Gears fan. I have a gear. I love Gears. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I, don't think that, I think two things can be true at the same time. I got time. all the pops. I'm just being mm-hmm. honest. I was just going to bring up Gears Pop. Think about all the things that they did. Gears Tactics, sort of, I guess. I'm not really sure how that really worked out. 
But yeah, they, I think it just most, for the most part, people really kind of poo poo all over the Xbox studios. And there's definitely, there's moments where it's just like, that was incredible. I we don't just didn't even know how to appreciate it. I don't do any racing game, but horizon. And that includes motorsport. Yeah. Horizon is like a whole I new thing motorsport. for me. It's completely took me in a whole new place. I'm like, I didn't realize racing games could be this. Oh yeah. Oh, I, and I like, I've been playing racing games on Xbox since project Gotham on the original. That was the first game I bought on Xbox. So I've really, but I kind of went away from it. I thought like every need for speed was starting to feel the same. I didn't really understand yeah. like, when that went open world. I'm like, well, it didn't really draw me in. And then I actually got a review code for six when I was writing for We the Nerdy. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll play this. And I'm like, son of a bitch, speaking of RPG, that was me realizing that if I approach this racing game, like an RPG where I'm going to like level up and I'm going to acquire this new tune up or anything like that, it's Horizon's and then I get to go man. back out there and it is. And then, and then I let, went to Horizon, which I totally ignored before it, too. Cause again, didn't understand it. And I give all the props to Nathan. Nathan was like, you've got to play. You got to play. And for, I felt like for months, he was like, you've got to play Forza Horizon 3. Yeah, man. And it was until I played it. And once I played it, I was like, I will never play another racing game. <laughs> it's like, this is the only racing mm-hmm. game I ever want to play from now on. I just get lost. I get lost for hours at a time when I play Dude, it. Dude, I would wake up at five in the morning to play it. I've it's a Far Cry thing. Like when I played mm-hmm. Far Cry 5, I would just play endless until yeah. I had to stop. That's a good comparison. That's how yeah. I played uh, Forza Horizon 3 the first time. Once mm-hmm. I got in and started figuring out I was done, I was done. I didn't stop playing for like weeks, yeah. <laughs> like weekends at a time would go by. It's just, yeah, just racing around, listening to the music, jumping the ramps, breaking the boards. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just comfort food. I don't know. Whatever it is, I like it. I'm digging it. And I would love for like Forza Motorsport to make that jump as well. I think that most people have kind of come around to Horizon as a series that people should pay pay attention to. But like Gran Turismo is a, is a franchise that sells a huge amount for Sony. And I don't know that... Forza Motorsport is that for Microsoft. And I would love it to be because I, I think there's a lot of people who agree with me to say that it is it's a way better game. Like it's way more approachable. It's got way more accessibility. It's just, it feels better. I think it looks better. It's they've completely leapfrogged over what Polyphony is doing with Gran Turismo. In my opinion, I'm also saying that because Babbitt's in the chat. So I want to make sure I get a couple knocks at PlayStation. I agree, but yeah, we've got PlayStation fans would disagree, but if I, I got to kill us off the string, because we I don't keep talking about Forza, I'm not gonna. Like, I'm not gonna complete everything by your by your eight o'clock out. So, all right, man. Um, all right. I want to talk about the all right Fable. Like, right, we're gonna see Fable in Everwild the twenty third. Like the things I'm excited: Hellblade, Fable, Everwild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are what I'm excited about. Which I feel like a lot of Xbox fans probably aren't coming into that day with that. <laughs> That's where probably I'm not. coming into that day. No, probably not. Um, all right, Sean. A lot has been said about the following news story over the past week: NBA Two K. If they're 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 listings are raising the standard price of their video games to $69.99, nice. $70 for next-gen nice. SKUs, ending the past 15 years that we've had at the current $60 price. Now, you've already mentioned this, but I want to weave this story into this. Xbox reportedly has been discouraging developers, telling them you cannot charge for upgrade fees for games. So if you buy a game on, on Xbox One X, you can't get the $10 fee to upgrade. Now, mm-hmm. they haven't stopped people from bundling. You could sell them both together at one price, right? So there's some loophole stuff around, but at least they're... I'm going to give them props. I'm going to give them a clap here. They're trying, it feels like. It feels like they're trying to push yeah. their smart delivery approach. This is something they believe in. There's a lot to say here. I have a lot of notes here, but let's kick off this way by answering a question we got from Robbie. I'm upset to hear that games might be $70 each with the next consoles. Will raising the standard price change how either of you buy games? I already wait weeks to buy games now as the price drops within a month or so. 
Do you yeah. think this increase might mean less games are sold overall? Hmm. Less overall, um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that there will be a short-term hit where this will be very fresh and the, the sticker shock will impact people for sure. So I think that it's actually good that a game like this, um, that I think people have a little bit more price elasticity towards where they're going to buy it. They're just going to buy it. They are habitual in nature. They buy annualized things. And yeah, this one costs like $10 more. They're, they're locked in. Like they're, they're pretty much there. So for this one to be, to come out of the gate, probably not. For other games, maybe. And I think people will be a little bit more discerning if they buy from like, if they buy five games per year, maybe they go down to three. If they buy, buy 10, they go down to seven or something like that. But I do think that, and I said this on the Xbox Drive as well, that I think it will normalize, honestly. And um, Ryan and I are Canadian, and we've seen this happen recently. We saw a jump in in how much games cost us in terms of dollars because our, our dollar is so weak that we kind of got a head start on this. Um, they, they increased to $80 for us now. So, And I don't think that it really... Like I said, it at first is like, ooh. Is that the publisher increasing the price on you or is that the government? No, it's just the price? dollar doesn't go up far. Like our, our $80 is worth $60 US. Okay. Okay. So right? it's the so same price equivalent. Right. Like if, but yeah. we don't, we don't hold US cash. I got you. So it, it I does got start to like, it, it, it takes $80. And none of us, like when our dollar got worse, none of us got paid that much more. It's not like that much more cash was yeah. just around. Yeah, yeah. So we've seen this before. So we'll see it again. And actually, um, if we really look at the dollar, kind of like the, the exchange rate, we're coming off easy on this. This $10 increase for, is this $10 increase for you? And it's a $10 increase for us. But the exchange rate would suggest that it should be like a 15 or $20 increase coming to the next gen. So wow. Canadians are, are laughing. Um, we've seen this before. I think in, at first people will probably hold off and it's a great time to jump on the game pass. Why would yes, you want, is. why, why is anybody buying games on day one? Just go on to Game Pass, and if nothing, like you'd like, you'd love to see them say, "We see games are going up in price. Game Pass is going to be this price until at least this point in time, and then we'll update you at this at that time." I don't know if we'll get that kind of transparency, but to say Game Pass Ultimate is fifteen dollars a month from here until twenty twenty two, and I don't know, I think that would be that would be great. But yeah, I don't know. Are you gonna like you buy everything anyways? Like I don't. Know I do if buy a lot of things. My first reaction to this was it probably means I'm a little bit more conservative on risk taking. I probably like yeah. uh, for example, uh, a lot of the marketing got me into Rage Four. I was never right. into Rage, but I saw the marketing. I was coming off a of Far Cry, and I was like, ah, screw it, I'll give it sixty dollars. There'll be probably less of that, <laughs> right? Where I'll yeah. just be like, I'll I'll wait a little bit more. Now I have a lot of. Uh, I wrote down some personal notes. I had a lot of notes here that I wanted to kind of bring up. So feel free to bounce off of me. Um, a lot of the people that are defending this, and, and I want to be clear, I'm okay with game costs rising. I am. I, so I, am I. I. But I think it's for different reasons than a lot of people are either defending or using to justify it. The, I think the sure. most thing that we've heard justified reason is inflation. Obviously, mm -hmm. they're just saying, look, we haven't risen the games in 20 years. And 20 years ago, like $60 was different than it is now. And I get that. That's true. But here's the issue with that argument is that our consumer purchase power has gone down. $60 in like 2005 bought you more than it does currently now in terms of like the global gross national product type of thing. But even more so than that is it's really hard when you hear the inflation argument, it comes off like we're not making enough money, I think, to a consumer. I think many consumers see this price and they're like, wait a minute, you're not making more? Because we hear the devs and we hear the publishers, and maybe the publishers more so than the devs. We hear publishers going, it costs, you know, tenfold to make a game now than it did. I saw GamesIndustry.biz had somebody, 
you know, from some, you know, I don't know, marketing group or investor, you know, claim. They said that it took mm-hmm. Madden in like 2005 was like $25 million game. And then Madden in 2018 is like a $75 million game. So they're like, look, it costs so much more money to make. We have to charge you more. Yeah. That doesn't explain though. Why in the last three years, gaming profit and revenue overall is up 10 billion. And yeah. while you made more money, and I say you, I'm specifically shouting at EA, Activision, but honestly, just global game revenue is higher in 2019, all time record, than it was in 2018, which was an all time record, than it mm-hmm. was in 2017. And you're making more money in 2015 than you were 2013. So, and I'm not saying that well, to. Because it ignores how many gamers there are. It totally ignores like how exactly. many people are buying the game. So it's weird. People are like, these games cost so much more to make. And it's like, but you made more billions of dollars than you've ever made. So mm-hmm. obviously you can afford, like if you're telling me Madden costs $75 million to make, it's like, dude, you made $3 billion last year. You can make 18 yeah. Maddens. You're good for the next just, 20 years. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's simplistic way of looking at it. It really is. Um, and I wrote down some things. Uh, I think it's interesting. Did you know how top heavy like game publishing was? Uh, last year, this is from 2019, um, out of the, I don't know, it was like $13 billion the game he made, 80% of it went to 24 devs or publishers. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, so like Sony, Google, Apple, Microsoft, Nintendo, like, you know, the big wigs, take two, EA, Activision, they made 80% of the thing. So it's very top heavy. And mm-hmm. you see that the games that are going to be pushing this, I think, are coming from that top heavy side. Yep. Um, so it, it's just, it's really interesting because it's like, if you peel back, here's, here's, ultimately, I'm saying all this to say the main point that I want to say. I, I think capitalism weeds this out, right? I totally agree. So I'm not really concerned about it at all. If people don't think your game is worth it, by the way, I don't think it'd be a 2K is worth $70, $70, mm-hmm. right? So I don't expect many people will pay $70 for it. And eventually the price will come down. And we already know how fast prices already come down. It was actually one of the things that uh, that I've heard a lot is people go, well, maybe raising the prices will encourage people to explore different prices. No, it won't. Because if you're a publisher, you're going to oh, want to sell it. So? F- no, no. If you're a major publisher, you're going to sell it for the new normal. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, like across the industry, like the fact that like the ceiling is now ten dollars more, you're going to see more exploration. From I think zero competition to drives that more than the ceiling. I think if like if you're an indie game player, I don't think you now think you can raise SteamWorld Dig three. You know, to forty dollars instead of thirty, or thirty instead of that, twenty. I mean, that's the interesting thing too. Is I yeah, don't think that'll about- happen because the competition won't allow it. Now, well, and you're right about like capitalism marking it all out because you see it even on like Nintendo eShop of like what are the like when a game goes like or even the Division Two sold for like three dollars and yep. still like it's a multiplier. You can't just look at a single fact. You can't just look at at the dollar amounts. Like so how that's, many people are going to buy that? That's exactly my point. When people are like, it'll come out at different prices. No, it won't. It'll come out the highest price first, and then they will explore mm-hmm. at different prices after it comes out. But there's no reason not to go for the highest price while you can like at launch yeah. like that's where your biggest money making opportunity the thing that There's i have some people who pay 20 dollars more for a game so they could play it four days early yeah like if you think about like a yep. game from like launch until four weeks or six weeks after launch like the price just goes down it's like well if you go ahead of when it launches people are actually paying more for it anyway so yep. there's a market for every price point i would love for cyberpunk to be like it's a hundred dollars you know why because it's that freaking good because wasn't it's that, the like, best. Chrono Trigger or something like that. Like, wasn't that? I feel like Marty Sleeve was pointing that out. That some games on Super Nintendo were like they're just massive. So like, well, sure. that's a that's a giant cart. Yeah. So it's I'm totally fine with that. And I'd also be just as fine with Hellblade. You know, being 
a 12 hour game and being $60. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really subscribe to the price per hour type of subscription, but I do recognize that certain games are massive. They take much longer, much more effort to build, and I don't mm-hmm. mind them charging for it. I don't think sports games are that. And I think that's the issue that I have with this is by one big publisher doing it. If they all follow suit, then every game will get that same treatment. And I don't think every game deserves that same treatment. It's honestly like we have a triple A space that we all acknowledge call of duty EA and all that. But then there is like 10% of that triple A space. That's better than that. You know, it's, you know, it's quadruple A space. That's like a next level. I think you bring up an excellent point that we're making an assumption that like all games are going to come out uh, day and date at, at 80 to, or wait, $70? 70. Yeah, $69. Um, we definitely need to be saying 69. You guys don't want to, don't have to round this one up. It can oh, be $69. But what if like the, each kind of big publisher treated this a little bit differently? Like what if, uh, and I said this on the Xbox drive as well, but like what if Microsoft comes in and goes like, we know everything else is going up. Xbox games are on Game Pass and they're $60 still. Yeah. Like there's, it does create a bit of like... I um, think when that happens, then I think these folks will stop. <laughs> so that's the thing. You can only do this together. You can't do it... And, you, you know, there's a part of it that's like, read the room a little. Cause it, and I feel bad yeah. because the timing, this is the right timing to do it. Like, if across the exactly. industry, they agreed that they wanted to raise the prices, the start of a new generation is the time to do it. Just mm-hmm. bad timing that your start of your generation is in like this global pandemic that millions of people are without a work. And it's like, guys, read the room. But that's, I think that's the whole point. You made billions of dollars last year and you're like, we need more. You can read the data though. You can read the data that, that people value, they place greater value on on entertainment now than ever before. And it's never been more like specifically demonstrated than we're seeing right now where games are selling like crazy. Consoles are flying off the shelves. People are spending more on gaming now than ever. It's not like the unemployment situation has really hit or impacted this industry. So Overall, people put more, they place more value in games. So the price should go up. If you mm-hmm. value something greater, the price will go up. Yep. And people are buying things in and buying games in droves right now. So it is natural that maybe it's reaching a fever pitch and like, well, we could actually charge more for this. There's money being left on the table. Yep. And I don't, I don't have any sort of delusions that the price goes up to 70. Now they can stop, stop nickel and diming us with all the DLC and whatever micro transactions that are happening those are all those will absolutely still be there most definitely you don't you don't that's a part of it right like when you have folks especially 2k of all people they make so much money and like i actually stopped buying their games i bought every 2k game all the way leading into this gen i love basketball i'm actually a huge basketball fan a lot of people don't know that Mm. about me uh me and devon will rap about basketball for hours i got off of them one because of game pass and ea access like having access yeah. to an, an NBA game for EA access that that kind of mm-hmm. killed the need to spend 60. But then I started hearing all of the slot machines and casinos and micro I was like, "No, god no. Why would I want to do that?" And they're going to keep doing it. They're not going to stop. Right? Yeah. Like why would they? They're already making enough money, but it's and that's just one small example, but I look at like Madden. Like are they going to raise the price to $70 cuz it's like you're already doing Madden Ultimate Team. You're already mm-hmm. making hand over fist with this. They've and shown where, like, how much money they're making. Yeah, that's where it can be really interesting to see like where one can leverage their strength. Like EA can leverage its strength in like microtransactions. I think they probably make more in their ultimate teams than 2K does in any sort of. Like, oh, yeah. I don't even know what kind of microtransactions they would have. But yeah, maybe that's that's um, 2K's way of of justifying. And we'll kind of see where EA lands on all this stuff. And it'll be, do, are you a consumer who who? pay $70 for the entire game or are you somebody who pays $60 
and doesn't mind like having the opportunity to spend more of that. Like it's it's actually two different experiences when you look at like a Madden versus like an NBA 2K something like that. Yep. Yep. But I and I, again, I'm all for it cuz I think certain games are are deserving of it. I also don't have any like grand I don't know, like profound moral ideas that all of a sudden crunch will go away. I, I've seen a lot of people going with that. that. They're like, they're going to make more what? money, so they're going to pay these people more, and they're not going to crunch more. No, they're not. No. <laughs> That's not how corporations work. They're going to no. crunch as hard as they ever did, because they're going to do exactly what, what we've seen companies do. What are they going to do? All of the managers are going to get huge bonuses. They're going to cut staff when the game's done, right? Like That's just how this business works. Now, I also think there is a part of this whole development thing, like development costs are more than ever, and I don't necessarily want to tangent off into this but i also think that's a part of like like, well it's because you're making games now that are three four five plus years in the making whereas before they were two and three i think that sean Mm -hmm. layden you know conversation and 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 his ideas i think have some merit here uh if you're if your main justification is the rise of game development it's like well maybe stop making games that are so big maybe make shorter games that come out more frequently that you sell more often I kind of wish they had the transparency or somebody that's like representative of the industry, I guess, which doesn't exist, had somewhere to go like, like kind of what Todd Howard did, which, which was like, when are you guys going to stop porting Skyrim? It's like, when you guys stop buying them? Yeah. Like, yeah. when are you going to stop inserting like revenue generating like factors into game development? It's like, well, when you stop spending money on them. we stop making stuff, so millions of dollars on them. Of course. Yeah. That is the, that's how, that's, that's how capitalism works. And I know yeah, like, so. you know, like their argument would be, well, you won't buy it unless it's this big. I, I would personally disagree, but I know that I'm more that way. I There's don't no way that's going to stuff like that. Yeah, but but that is something that I I wonder when I hear that. It's like, well, the game because here's the thing is it's honestly I honestly I don't see that necessarily as my wanting to have shorter games. That's not why I say it. It's my wanting them wanting this business to not be so volatile because I do think You're it's right. it's it's scary and it's risky now that you put in four or five years of development to make the next Destiny. But if somebody beats you to the punch by three months and your game flops, now you're completely out of business and developers leave, yeah. you know, because you can't yeah. afford to have a miss. That's that's like, it seems yeah, like, like we're, we're Bioware. unless you're being subsidized by, you know, somebody, you can't afford yeah. to swing and miss where mm-hmm. maybe if you mm-hmm. made shorter games that didn't have such a long dev cycle, maybe you could be a little bit more reactionary. Maybe you could be a little bit more risky on a smaller project without having to worry like, you know, we start getting to that realm where the game doesn't make enough money. <laughs> you know, like, right. like we heard from Square Enix and Anthem and stuff like that. It didn't make enough millions of dollars to warrant mm-hmm. its investment. And that's ultimately what I get with that. It's like, it's a really dangerous place if it's like we need more money because developers, you know, development costs are getting bigger because we need to make bigger and better games. Like, well, eventually the bottom's going to fall out on this. I mean, then you, then you really start to open it up to like the entire like business model of, of games. And like, yeah. it, there's so many factors in terms of like w- how much a game is going to sell, like what console is it on? Like, when do you release it? What other competition is there? Like even what's your PR around the game? Like, are you marketing it? Well, there's so many, and how much do you invest in all of those things? Like you could spend all the marketing you want in a game. It's not going to sell anything. Like it's more than just price. It's just, that's what hits us first. Yep. But there's so much more that goes into the profitability of every game. So it's, it requires, I think, a conversation like this. I think that people have every right to see $70 and go, that doesn't sit well with me. But you, 70 is a lot closer it. to 100 than 60. And I mean, I know we sure. know that, but like seeing it, you're like, woof. <laughs> Try 80. I know. 
I know you're basically yeah, like, you're basically spending a hundred dollars a game, especially if you get a a digital rewards pack or a DLC or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that's a, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It brings me right back to Game Pass, man. Every time, like you and and even this this notion, or I, I feel like it's almost a sure thing getting into what we expect on whenever we get a price that a zero dollar option for the Xbox Series X is going to be available. That you walk in and you walk out with a well, you don't pay anything, you walk out with a box and a contract. Yeah. So you have. They, there's so much value to be had in the Xbox ecosystem that they just can't touch in PlayStation. The title. And I don't of, think they're willing to touch. The title of this show is called the cost of ownership, which is a phrase I've been trying to coin with all of this. I don't think a lot of people are talking enough about it. I don't, I'm not hearing enough about it as, as I would think so, but maybe that's just like the penny pinching deal hunter that I am. You think about these game prices are rising, new consoles are coming out, and it's the cost of ownership to adopt the right. Xbox ecosystem. We're, we're all like, which console is going to be more or less than the other? It's like, how about we quit worrying about the price of the box and the cost of the first year of ownership between the two? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, I'm going to get my Series X. I'm going to plug it in. I already have Game Pass. But even if you factored in that cost, what, I'm 650 into a console? Let's give that as an estimate. A year of Game Pass plus a brand new box. And I get Halo and, and maybe a Fable or a Forza and maybe they throw in a Cyberpunk or something and a bunch yeah. of indies and all this stuff. Like, And I'm out the door with that mm-hmm. price. Done. Whereas you buy another box, and I'm not saying this to deter you from buying a PlayStation. I'm not. I just feel like it's not. I just feel like this is not brought up enough. And you love the exclusives that you're going to get. You're going to get your Spider-Man. You're going to get Sackboy and all that. You're going to pay $60, $70 a piece for those. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just worth it, right? Like, if you just love it and you're like, that's content I want, then it's worth it. Spend a grand. Yeah. Like, you're out of grand this year. Like, I hope it was. But I, I feel like that's a factor that goes unsaid. Like, we talk about the value of Game Pass, but it's like the value of Xbox ownership. Like, the value that mm-hmm. you get, your return on your investment seems to be through the roof right now and yeah. only seems to be getting bigger with this news. Some of the things mm-hmm. that I threw down in here too, I'm not one. I'm wondering if we'll ever start hearing because Kevin and I game share, which makes this news so much easier to, to stomach because we're right. already buying one, get one. Like we basically have BOGO and everything we have. And mm-hmm. if it goes up to $70, $70, we'll still keep doing it. By the way, I want to say again, just in case people are hearing I'm fine with game prices going up to $70. Don't get me wrong. I'll buy $70 games. Um, but with that said, I wonder if we'll start hearing things like family sharing, game sharing. I wonder if we'll mm. start hearing them adopting that, like Game Pass for families. You're talking about like if game prices go yeah. up, does Game Pass go up? Maybe they come up with like a Game Pass family Ooh. plan where you can bring in two or three or four people together and you could share the price and the cost goes up or something like that. I'm wondering if these subscriptions, and that's not just a Game mm-hmm. Pass thing. I'm worrying that across the board, Stadia, PlayStation Now, like, it seems like that's the way yeah. we're going. It might take a long time to get there, but it seems like this is where well, we're going. Well, because Nintendo has actually led the way on that. Well, with the with the Nintendo Switch Online, yeah. sure. Yeah, like with the family pass thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's right. The only thing. It's so funny because we're to, to say this is also to give Don Matrick some credit, which I would hate to do. But yeah, it oh, kinda, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a part of that whole idea, right? It, it might be there again. We might be ready for it. It's like, hey, Game Share, Game Pass Ultimate's $15 a month and you got all the things. Oh, you want to play mm-hmm. with your kids or your friends? Well, now we have Game Pass Ultimate Family Plan and it doubles the price, but now you can play up to three people or something like that. Right. Maybe something like that happens. I, I think you're banging on on that. That's the, that, that is very on brand. 
of them just trying to reduce barriers, get more people into the system, like a multiplier on a on a single game pass kind of kind of system. It's totally, I, I totally expected to see them do that. Definitely, yeah, I don't see how if anybody looks at the seventy dollars and they go, "Ooh, that's sticker shock." I don't because I saw a lot of people are like, "I'm just not going to adopt next gen. I'm just going to stay on current gen." And I think that might happen we'll with with. I think that's going to happen just for the people that are probably more displaced with all that's going on. I think once we get back to normal, they'll jump back into next gen as the price comes down. And that's kind of what I launched into the conversation with was like, it'll people will have that initial shock, yeah. but they'll, it'll normalize. You'll get back into, you'll, there'll be a point in time where that's the thing is like, it's, it's, it's timing and price. And it's like, some people are going to be there on day one with the $70 and some people will be there a little while later and they'll eventually get there for that one game. They're like, yeah, this is the one that's worth it. Yep. And that, changes their entire outlook on like okay well i guess i'm okay with seeing a 70 dollar bill on my bank statement or whatever it is yeah yeah right like you go like i guess i spend that now i guess that's where i'm at spot on spot on Mm -hmm. and uh yeah what a better time to have game pass and and i'm gonna keep saying it i keep saying it i have this history guys if you see a deal for game pass even if you already have it get the deal keep stashing Mm -hmm. codes because eventually the price will probably go up so keep getting it while you can (laughs) like you're just saving yourself future money that's all you're doing So keep doing. Yeah. All right, let's close the show like we do each and every week with the Xbox One question. This one comes from Nathan. I specifically, we've had this since the start of the show. I've been waiting for a good time to pull it, and I think having you on is the best time to pull the question. Yes. Xbox has uh, Xbox has become about legacy, being able to play games across all generations on one console, most of them being enhanced by the newest and latest hardware. What comes to your mind when you think about the legacy of Xbox? Is it a game? Is it a service? Is it hardware? So when I think back to like the original Xbox, I think about like, and it's, I think they're getting right back to it here with the Series X. I think about power. Like I remember getting the original Xbox and go like, there's nothing, there's no games that look like this. If any third party game looked best on Xbox by far, it was way better than, uh, and Dreamcast. <laughs> but like, I think about power. I honestly feel like that, that is my, my history with it, especially coming from like, PC land where I was getting frustrated at about that time, like 1998, 1999. I was like, okay, that's the last video card I'm going to be buying for my PC because that just cost me $700 and I can't do that like every couple of years. I was frustrated with that. And I feel like it's really interesting that this conversation kind of goes around, well, I just have a PC. So why don't I just play with that? It's like, sure. But there, I guarantee, I don't know if I can, can I say guarantee there will come a time in most of our lives where we go, I'm kind of done dropping $550 on a latest graphics card. And I kind of want to have like an affordable option that looks great and is more powerful than the other console. There comes a time when I start a game on my PC and it's like, you need a a graphics update and this thing doesn't work. And I get an error prompt. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) Definitely. It's like, I hate everything about this. (laughs) Definitely. So I think that now that they've sort of like blurred the lines, they can, they, they can live in both spaces before. I think with the original Xbox, it was like, they can hopefully PC players will like playing here because halo, very much could have been a a, a PC type of experience, mm-hmm. given that we weren't really playing first person shooters then. So for me, the legacy is is power and um, doesn't really have like I struggle to go like what is my where's my nostalgia when it comes to Xbox? Like it's, it doesn't even come close to the memories that I had on Nintendo, and it's different yeah. for everybody. But it's not like I'm. No, I agree I'm with really, you there. I don't think they I have a game. A reveal. I don't think <laughs> they have a game that's synonymous with Xbox. They definitely have big brands that people know them for, you know, Gears, Halo. But I don't think of, when I think Xbox, I don't necessarily think Master Chief like I think Mario. 
mm-hmm. you know like i don't think it's it's that strong um but it's also multiplayer too i think is part of it as well mm-hmm. like it's it's community is is definitely part of the legacy like where like playing on playing multiplayer on playstation has historically not been a great experience and nintendo definitely not a great experience <laughs> um but xbox live was like part of its inception like that was that was built into the original xbox and i kind of hope that like that's why i think that you're onto something with halo being either a battle royale or some sort of like destiny thing because it leans into like their biggest franchise leans into where gaming is at in terms of multiplayer right and, and multiplayer really really took off like where games had multiplayer modes shoehorned in there and xbox was right there to give them a place to play with with xbox live so though that's that's where i when i think legacy in xbox it's xbox live and the and the power that and the innovation and the balls that they took with some of those moves you stole my word put it put an ethernet port you stole my word uh my word when i think of xbox's legacy i think of the word innovation it doesn't come to a game or a service it's it's kind of what microsoft brings to the table is different and mm-hmm. they innovate in almost every facet possible. They innovated first with the Ethernet port and they innovated with, with the graphics. They brought their knowledge of PC to the console space and they tried to make it better. Then they took that mm-hmm. and went another mile with live, multiplayer, all that stuff, account sharing, right? All of, uh, not just account sharing, but all the things you could do with your account, synchronizing account, cloud changing data username, changing your username. What have they done <laughs> to the user interface? And to be honest yeah. with you, even their biggest misses connect or and connect wasn't necessarily a miss. They made a lot of money, but connect. And you look at the Xbox one and what it's initial, they missed because of innovation. They were trying yeah. to push into a new realm, into a new space that f- folks are either weren't ready or rejected. However mm-hmm. you want to come out on it, but it wasn't because it was bad. It was, a, yeah. they were trying to innovate. They were trying to change. We see that with, we still see it. It continues to think game pass, all the services that we keep having. It's still going on. It's, that's just kind of what they do more. So that's more important than, than Halo or the box, or the graphics card or the teraflops or anything. As you know, when you get with Microsoft, they might do something weird and it might be terrible. They'll fix yeah. it. They'll fix it as fast as they can. And then they'll try to make it better. And that's one thing that I've loved about them from 360 on. Um, that's just kind of their MO. Whereas Nintendo might be more like, well, we got good. We're going to hang out with what we have, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's different. I think PlayStation is going to do a little bit of that as well. Yeah. And Xbox pushes the boundary. And I think Mm -hmm. those other fans and those other communities, the Nintendo and PlayStation, they're better for having Xbox around and they may not even realize how much Xbox is, has changed the game for them. Even if they don't like Xbox. Just cross-play alone is proof enough of that. That's true. Yeah. So like when Xbox I think Xbox and Nintendo really did that. Yeah. So when I think of them, that's the immediate word that comes to mind more than anything else. Innovation. Innovate yeah, in, in all sectors, all facets of the game. Sean, I'm running right up to your out time, so we have got to go. Let everybody know where they can follow you and the wonderful yeah. tunes of the Xbox Drive. Guys, you can find me on Twitter. I wish I could just keep chatting on for a couple more hours. I do have fun, to get right? to family and, and all that stuff. We can maybe we should have a part two and like and I'd give me like two hours. I'd rather not work tonight. Um, that would be great to just keep chatting. Um, Twitter uh, at Sean Capri, Sean LeConnery, Capri like the pants. And um, I'm also going to be airing this episode that we just recorded on the Xbox Drive's uh, feed as well. So it'll be an episode of the Extra Mile coming out on Friday. So this drops on Thursday, right? So or is it just tonight? Tomorrow. This will drop Wednesday. Go tomorrow morning. Okay, so Thursday, like Xbox Drive drops the same day as the Xbox Empire, which is awesome. It's all the Xbox you could ever really need. You can blame Kevin then, for that. This was Kevin's day. He was like, we can do Wednesdays. 
it's perfect. It's totally fine. It's awesome. Yeah, you get that, and also like the trophy room. So if you want to throw a little, oh like, yeah, Sony, Sony, Sony stuff in there, get the Xbox Drive, the Xbox Empire, and we'll throw a shout out to our friends at the trophy room all on Thursdays. It's a good day for that man. So I just thank you for the uh, for the call out, and thank you for uh, changing up your schedule for to have me on the show. I love podcasting with you, and it's just we could go on forever and ever. My friend. we really could. <laughs> we really could. Yeah. All right, I've got to get Led Sean out of here. So that's going to do it for me, folks. Come check us out in the Discord, psvg.blog slash Discord. And in the words of Uncle Phil, there is no power greater than X. Mm-hmm.